evening and welcome. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network at republicbroadcasting.org. Hour two of the broadcast here on this Wednesday, the 7th of February, 2024. I'm your host, Richard Carey, and this is Beyond the Official Narrative. And we have Mr. David Scorpio uh, co-hosting here. Of course, David is the host of the Scorpio International Holding Company, LLC. That's 4 to 6 Central on Sundays. At some point, uh, you know, maybe about halfway through the hour, yeah, sure, we'll take some callers. I do want to get a little more into these discussions first here. Uh, Like I was saying, David... And, yeah, you had some good points, but PolitiFact uh, thinks we have it all wrong about Richard von Klaudenhoff Kalergi. Uh, we had a, one a poster on there. He, uh, well, he, he referred to a TikTok post which stated, Richard von Klaudenhoff Kalergi planned the ethnocide of the peoples of Europe through the encouragement of mass non-white immigration, but... Louis Romero at PolitiFact thinks we've got it wrong. He says, no, there is no clergy plan to replace Europeans with migrants. He says, as the wounds from World War I were still festering in Europe, and as the continent prepared for an even bloodier war, a Japanese-Austrian, Japanese-Austrian politician, he calls him, proposed a peaceful federation in Europe, the plan by Richard von Claudenhoff Kalergi, published as a book in the 1920s, was surprisingly predictive of the European Union that would appear only decades later after World War II. It described a block of 26 countries tied in a customs union, a single market and a monetary zone with a continental parliament, a single currency and an anthem. The union would deal with other countries as one, but would also respect internal National differences. Yeah, just tell that to Hungary or Poland lately, folks. Despite its ingenuity, very little of that plan is remembered now. Instead, Kalergi is better known for an evil scheme that he never actually authored. According to distortions and fabrications first made by Nazis, repurposed by neo-Nazis, adopted by the European far right and more recently referenced by American conservatives, Kalergi planned the destruction of white European civilization through migration and interracial marriage. A video shared recently on TikTok summarizes the conspiracy theory. It shows Nick Griffin, the far right British politician and former member of the European Parliament, claiming that Kalergi, quote, published a plan for the United Europe and the ethnocide of the peoples of Europe, unquote. According to Griffin, migrant groups like guest workers and refugees are being encouraged to come to Europe by an, quote, unholy alliance, unquote, of leftists, Zionists, and capitalists with the deliberate aim of breeding us out of existence in our own homelands, unquote. Other right-wing politicians and groups in Europe have mentioned Kalergi and his plan, including in Bulgaria, the United Kingdom, Italy, and the Czech Republic, 
It has also generated interest online whenever tensions over migration were high in Europe. Searches for Kalergi rose during the migration crisis in 2015, according to Google Trends, and spiked again when far-right parties in Europe and Italy made migration a central issue of electoral campaigns. Oh, those naughty Axis powers. Uh, Populations continue. Uh, I'm adding that. (laughs) Griffin's video was shared on TikTok in 2021 with the reference to a Belarus-Poland border crisis where the government of Belarus incentivized migrants to travel to the country and cross the border with Poland. The Klergi plan, conspiracy theory, is a European variation of the conspiracy theory about, quote-unquote, white genocide that have been mentioned by mainstream American conservatives in recent years and that inspired the gunman who killed 51 people at two mosques in New Zealand in 2019 and shooters in two synagogues in the United States. Oh, 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 Christchurch, New Zealand shooting, the one where it's illegal for a New Zealander to own a copy of the video, which I certainly made sure to secure my own copy of because it seems so much like a... B version of a Quentin Tarantino-y film, that that one, I mean, <laughs> and, uh, okay, it, it goes on, and it has another, uh, oh, it has a couple more sections here, oh, wow, okay, gross misreading, the idea has remained popular despite the lack of evidence that European elites are carrying out such a plan of migrant invasion, when John Stuart Agnew a right-wing British politician and former member of the European Parliament asked the European Commission in 2019 about a quote-unquote Kalergi plan. The Commission answered that it was not aware of any quote plan, unquote, and pointed to its migration policy, which has been updated multiple times over the past decade. It makes sense that a quote Kalergi plan, unquote, is not being executed, since there is no evidence that Kalergi ever proposed one. According to Martin Bond, the author of a recent biography on Kalergi, his writings mention the mixing of races, but as a description of what he was observing around him and a prediction of something that would continue to happen in the future. Kalergi objectively describes what was already occurring and would increasingly occur. Race, racial mixing and various factors of globalization being ever more apparent, unquote, Bond wrote. But they were descriptions, not prescriptions. The claim that he, quote, aimed to eliminate the white race through race, racial mixing with immigrants from outside Europe, unquote, is a, quote, gross misreading, unquote, of his work, according to Bond. Clergy's own writings show that he wanted to strengthen Europe, believing that only a united continent would be able to face giants like the United States and the Soviet Union. He also thought that European culture was, quote, stridingly victoriously ahead, unquote, and would eventually, quote, absorb, unquote, other cultures. Bond told PolitiFact that despite his mixed heritage, Kalergi held an assumption of, quote, white Christian superiority, unquote, a view that his far-right detractors, quote, might even approve, unquote. Although conspiracy theories about white genocide are older, the specific claims related to Kalergi have their origins in Nazi Germany, according to historians Roland Clark and Nicholas Hagen. And they were circulated, among others, by the newspapers, newspaper of the Nazi party, they claim, in, which used xenophobic, anti-Semitic, and racist language to, to describe clergy as, quote, the commercial prophet of pan-Europe, unquote, and, quote, a dressed-up nasty mongrel, unquote, 
will sound pretty apt, who, quote, dreams of a world of Eurasian Negroid humans subject to the God-given rule of the Jews, unquote. All good stuff, again. According to Clark and Hagen, uh, the claims made by the Nazis were recovered decades later by Gerd Hanzik, an Austrian neo-Nazi and convicted Holocaust denier. Oh, the horror. Hanzik published a book in the early 2000s describing what he termed the, quote, clergy plan, unquote, and promoted the conspiracy theory in Europe. Quote, Hanzik set out hundreds of newsletters and open letters to politicians, and his books were translated to many different languages, unquote, Hagen told PolitiFact. Quote, it's not surprising that his ideas were picked up in neo-Nazi and Holocaust denial circles, unquote. What is more, quote, puzzling and worrying, unquote, according to Hagen, quote, is how this fringe conspiracy theory recently penetrated the mainstream political discourse, unquote. And finally, uh, briefly, we have at PolitiFact, our ruling. A post on TikTok shows a video claiming that an elite is carrying out a plan to replace white Europeans with non-white migrants, and that this plan was devised by Richard von Claudenhove Kalergi, an early proponent of continental unification in Europe. There is no evidence that the plan exists. The idea that it does lies in distortions of Kalergi's writings and fabrications by Nazis and neo-Nazis. According to information from historians, Kalergi's biographer, the European Commission, and Kalergi's own writings. We rate the post false. So, David, who are you going to believe? All the research you've done or PolitiFact? Well, some of the things they, that they're saying are true, but I'll say this. Um, anyone that has a biographer was a very influential person. Like, when I die, I'm not going to have a biographer, I can assure you, and neither will you, most likely. So, anyone that has a biographer led a very influential life. And it's true, there is no official clergy plan. But, I mean, obviously, but what his ideas sort of resonated and were picked up and used by the elite in their plan for Europe. There's no question about that. And anyone who denies that European countries are being flooded with you know, non-European people uh, isn't being intellectually honest. Of, of course they are. You know, I was in, in Paris a couple of months in November, and um, I'm telling you, there was times where I didn't see any white people. I mean, they have flooded that place with so many Arabs and, and Muslims, and God only knows what they are, uh, that it didn't even feel like Paris anymore. So that's very, very sad. And to, to deny that is intellectually dishonest. But that's true. There is no actual clergy plan. But his writings were very influential. And that's really... Uh, every every plan has a source, a beginning point, and Kalergi was simply one of the early people who wrote down those ideas and published them and was influential enough to get his ideas to people who had power. Well, um, yeah, you, you, when you talk about having been in uh, France recently, you make me think of Biden, you know, back when he was, uh, well, it was back when he was vice president, right? You know, talking about the coming transition to a non-white majority and how you know, that's a good thing. That's a source of our strength. Yeah, he he would he would be 
saying the same thing, uh, uh, sitting next to, standing next to Macron with his arm over his shoulder. I'm sure. But, well, uh, sure, and of course, <laughs> it, it, isn't it funny how the Chinese don't see diversity as their strength? Uh, and that's a fallacious idea that people who have nothing in common, either culturally, racially, or um, sociologically, somehow that makes a better society. Well, it doesn't. You know, you cease to have a nation. In fact, really, we're at the point where America is no longer a nation almost because we we don't have borders, uh, at least de facto. Uh, we're getting to a point where where we don't have uh, any kind of a, of a unified, you know, people. So if you don't have those things, you really don't have a country. And, of course, that's the whole, whole point, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, this was written two years ago, by the way, January 24th of uh, 2022. And, uh, I mean, the way they describe what has happened in Europe, you know, even even this politifact, I mean, argument, they make it sound like it was a good it's a good transition. It's not at all. Anyone who knows how I mean, financially, you know, some countries are being made to hold up other countries to large extents uh, like Germany uh, is, is among the, the primary uh, footing the bill, uh, you know, to uh, to balance things out. I mean, it's unfair to all countries. Look out for for how many years Italy has had a population that's been in in straits economically, even where a lot of people are challenged as far as money for food. It's, I mean, it's just really. But yeah, in that one paragraph, they try to make it sound so great. Uh, a, a block of twenty six countries tied to a customs union, a single market, and a monetary zone with a continental parliament, a single currency, and an anthem. The union would deal with other countries as one, but would also respect international, internal national differences. That, uh, far from it. Um, and then when you look at things like Internet censorship policies and, uh, you know, just, just again, I mean, as far as a, a currency exploitation, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. How, how, but how people could have ever thought the European Union would be a good thing? Well, who are we to talk? You know, uh, why did we... Let the, it's a shame. I mean, Michael Gaddy points out, you know, how detrimental just even uh, shifting away from the Articles of Confederation uh, to what we have. I mean, you know, it happened to us before Europe, David. Well, yeah, and of course, they've got to make it sound good for people to take the bait. They're not going to tell you what they really intend to do. And if you recall, you know, maybe five or six years ago, Hillary Clinton was recorded at some kind of meeting where she said, look, uh, you know, at some kind of elite meeting, you know, she said, look, you know, you've got to have a version what, of what you say to the public versus the version you tell amongst policymakers. So in other words, you're not going to tell the real intention to the public because they're, they're not going to be able to handle the truth. So you've got to get them, you know, a flowery, nice version that sounds good to the public. And that's, that, that's how all this stuff is sold, and the European Union is no exception. And as you pointed out, the national differences are not being respected. Uh, and the whole point is to make a monoculture uh, that's controlled from a central source. That's it. 
and to actually destroy all of the cultures within those countries and replace them. And of course, there's no better way to do that than by replacing the population. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hungary and Poland, I, I think Hungary has been trying to hold out, had been trying to hold out the longest with the immigration policies, for example. Even just the policies like with the, you know, the gay agenda and trans agenda, which I want to pivot to now. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, these are all the things that, that PolitiFact uh, had to uh, try to deem us conspiracy theorists yet again on the white genocide which is obviously occurring in white nations. As far as the flamer uh, agenda, if you will, I mean, a lot of people seem to suggest, assume it's just one motive, and what could that be? I, I think it's far from it. You know, I think it serves a lot of motives, um, just like some of these other conditionings of the population serve multiple motives. This this Jewish mafia Kalurgite faggotry agenda, you know, uh, of gay and trans conditioning, especially of the children. I mean, well, first of all, we know about this, like the feminization through exposure uh, to our environment. We hear about the soy, you know, and other things that people are actually ingesting uh, that have feminizing properties and even in the womb, I mean, which could be a, a strong or or like breastfeeding soy uh, formula. I mean, uh, replacement of breastfeeding with soy formula and these sort of things. But there, then there's also the plastics and uh, chemicals and all the products and uh, substances around us mass produced. And you hear about have there being an effect, uh, potential feminization effect on that. You know, the whole thing with the... Uh, Gay frogs, and uh, even uh, Infowars covered it at one point. No, don't go there, Mike. But <laughs> even they, you know, covered some things that are true in that. So perhaps because some things are making a population like that, um, you know, they want to uh, give them a, a victim status so that you fill a more important agenda, you know, which is, of course, to cling to the uh, accelerated uh, communist uh, far left agendas as much as possible. I mean, if you're a victim class, uh, you know, gays get privileges or, or, or blacks or or Indians or whatever, you know, get privileges uh, based on, say, these blue cities policies. OK, then they're going to vote blue. You know, they're going to vote Democrat. So you have them beholden to even a certain policies, policy, uh, policies, the more extreme uh, transformative parties policies. And, you know, I mean, hey, you know, the only reason that we're getting these privileges is because we support, you know, this party. So they're still going to be that favoritism for non-whites and for uh, feminists and trans and what have you. We yeah, we have to keep supporting that. So, you know, that's the way you have them on the dole is the, is the way I see it. But of course, yeah, some of the intentionally made that way through the products and soy and whatever, I'm assuming as well. Uh, to have a population of whites who are feminized, so they're less resistant, uh, less likely to resist, and more compliant to the conditioning uh, for these new world order agendas, you know. So, and then of course there's the fact that they're not going to uh, populate. Obviously, the trans and the and the gays, you know, they're not going to populate. Or if they 
uh, try to be parents or try to artificially inseminate, they're more likely to get someone who has mixed race. You know, they're not going to keep uh, racial purity uh, in any form. And, and uh, you know, traditionalist uh, values, obviously, with the culture. So, I don't know, those are just a few thoughts, but, I mean, it's already working toward a few different agendas at once, all interconnected. I don't think there's any one motive for them pushing the gay and trans thing, but they are pushing it mostly in white countries. Uh, other other societies are more resistant to it, really. You know, I mean, I've heard of, like, Israelis blackmailing uh, people of Muslim, uh, you know, Arab descent to be... Uh, spies or whatever by threatening to out a gay family member or something because you know in Muslim culture they'll they'll kill them with rocks right away or whatever you know um, so you know it's mostly white countries that are even susceptible to the gay and trans agendas except maybe certain Asians or something I don't know why they <laughs> can have some you know uh, fascination with that but what are your thoughts David well you're right uh with every agenda, there's multiple layers to it. It depends on what level you want to look at it. And certainly one level to the, the gay agenda is that, you know, gays, no matter how hard they try, uh, can't procreate. They can try all they want, but it's never going to work. Uh, they're not going to procreate. So that's certainly one level. But it's also, uh, it's also the destruction of morality within the society because there's a reason why sodomy has been frowned upon for thousands of years, and it's because it adds a immoral, anti-natural act or attitude to your society. So it's very destructive if you want to have a cohesive society that holds together basic values. Homosexuality is very good for transforming societies because... If you put gay people in power, they're always going to want to mold the society to fit themselves. And that's why they do that. That's why they've, they've um, put so many gays in, in power uh, in high positions, because they, by, they don't even have to be part of a conspiracy. By their very nature, they're going to want to up, upheaval the fabric of society, because they're so different in their own personal behavior. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great angle to stress as well. And and certainly, I mean, since they get this victim status, privileged status through the uh, far left extremist uh, policies and politics, of course, they're beholden to everything that party stands for. That is the party which is more strictly anti-racial, um, you know, anti-racial cohesion, uh, racial realist, pro-white, uh, if, if, if either were to whatever extent, you know, more so uh, into shaming that and thinking it's the worst thing you'd want to be. So it, it does stress that as much. I mean, gay culture sees that as just awful, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to, to care about race if you're white. You know, sure, if you're another race, it's great, you know, but, but if you're white, oh, my God. <laughs> you better check yourself in the mirror there right david yeah well yeah i think uh you know especially amongst male homosexuals promiscuity is part of the culture i don't care what anybody says that's a fact especially among the the, the male uh, part of 
the homosexual world. So sampling different races and uh, culture or whatever is like going to different restaurants, you know. <laughs> so, uh, of course, it, it, it adds a, a, a sort of a, a multi cultural aspect to your society automatically just by its very nature and you got to realize these people that that make these plans that that um are transforming our society they know human nature very very well and i, I believe these people you want to call them the illuminati or the the elite i don't think there is an illuminati but it sounds good but th- th- these elite they have ancient books that tell the the complete history of, of mankind and believe me, mankind did not, our um, world of civilization did not begin, you know, 6,000 years ago. It goes way, way further back. And there, even the mainstream uh, archaeology is having to rewrite their books a little bit because of the discovery of sites like Gobekli Tepe and others that push civilization back at least another thousand years. I think it's a lot further back than that. Uh, because you've got Atlantis that supposedly fell 15,000 years ago. And according to the priests that told Solon, uh, who told uh, Plato, uh, that there were three civilizations before Atlantis that came and fell, came and fell. So that takes you back a long way, just going three back from Atlantis. Fascinating. Yeah, no, we should touch on... Uh, those eras again in future you know this these ancient uh claims you know claims of the ancients basically and 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 that timeline that goes further back than possible to uh to fully uh uh well reassemble really and then you well, mentioned yeah, it's absurd yeah, the idea that that somehow we were all living in caves and wearing loincloths uh, before 6,000 years ago. It's absurd. and But, of course, that's what we've been fed. So, as a result, we're sort of a, a species with amnesia. We don't even know our true history or our true origins. And believe me, the people that run the show, they do have that information, and, and they know it very well. So they know uh, the circling back to the homosexual thing. They know very well what, things, what these things do to a civilization. And they're certainly trying to warp uh, the past more and more, um, including, you know, the origins uh, related to race and the timeline for that matter. I mean, as far as uh, the ancient Egyptians uh, being of Aryan stock, you know, Caucasian, basically, and then, well, you know, in the UK and England, I mean, this was a handful of years ago, the whole thing with Cheddar Man, you know, and, and all the agendas there, trying to say that the first uh, British were black, and this was a fraud, it was a complete fraud. Uh, but right, but right. You, you, you mentioned the, the uh, gay tourism uh, thing, and yeah, you know, a lot of people will go to... Uh, to Asia for that, right? Like, what is it, a Taiwan or, or something? Uh, well, and Korea, don't forget, uh, Richard, the, the number one gay destination in the world is Tel Aviv, Israel, buddy. Don't forget ah. that. Ah, ah, curious, curious. Okay, how Epsteinian. Uh, 
But no, I mean, and then Anglin used to promote that, you know, uh, gay, I mean, uh, well, straight, uh, Asian sex tourism and that. And I don't know. Did that make you suspicious of him early on as far as his racial integrity? Andrew Anglin? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, yeah. I mean, the guy the guy had yellow fever a long time ago, if you know what I mean. Uh, he had a fixation on, on young, very young Oriental women. And he seems to be fixated on the idea that um, it's okay to have sex with, uh, you know, 13 and 14 year old girls. But whatever. I mean, the guy does what he does. His website's interesting, I guess. I, I don't really frequent it. But uh, I'm not a big fan, but, you know, he does what he does. I'm not going to... I mean, th- those are the things I would point out about him. Yeah, no, likewise. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either, but uh, pretty much the same. We'll be right back, folks. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. Real talk, real people, because you can handle the truth. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. 
However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. One day. back folks beyond the official narrative here on republic broadcasting richard carey and david scorpio hosting tonight and we'll be taking your calls uh, for the remaining half hour of hour two here and yeah no just to clarify the technical uh, factor in the in the chat there i i, I mean to so i'll do it too sometimes david you know i'll hang up and reconnect at a good moment on Skype, if I'm hearing some silent bits cutting out, sometimes it's because of my connection and that fixes it. But occasionally it seems when someone's typing on Skype, like like uh, the board op, for example, messages to us or callers in queue, there could be cutouts during that. I, I have confirmed that, too. So sometimes it might not even be a, a cutting out, just FYI. But sometimes it's good just to, just to be safe to, you know, it's when it does a new pinging, through uh, different cell towers or whatever, you get a better signal off. We have callers, and we will... Well, uh, David, is there anything else you'd like to add? We covered a lot, you know, in the last hour and a half. <laughs> anything else you'd like to add, uh, summations on anything? Uh, no, let's let's, t- let's take the callers. Um, I- I'd love to do a whole show on, you know, the ancient civilizations, lost civilizations, and the evidence for those things. There's quite a bit, so... But uh, that's a deep rabbit hole uh, for another time. But, yeah, let's hit the callers. Cool. Well, if he's still uh, waiting uh, and alert, Andy in Texas, we have first up Andy. Welcome. Good evening, sir. What's on your mind? Well, hey, gentlemen. Great conversation tonight. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I got to go with Scorpio here. I mean, he brought up uh, Russia had their own... uh, vaccine called the Sputnik vaccine. But if we take a good look at what's going on in the world right now, once they they declared COVID as a pandemic, we had several, several nations, like 190 of them or so, that actually went along with the uh, United States declaration of pandemic, or who did it? The World Economic Forum? The, the who? who? Who declared it? Well, they did it, and these people went along with it. And what's really sad is that our adversaries went along with it, too. They went along with the Western world's idea of uh, a virus, you know, the Irans, the Syrias, the Iraqs, the Afghanistans. These people locked themselves down. So this is a very big clue to us that nothing is really real, what we're seeing in this world right now. 
what is going on right now? Yes, people are dying. People are being killed. But what is the Agenda 2030 thing about? It's about bringing us down to, you said a billion people. They want a billion people to survive, and mostly Japanese and Chinese because they're compliant. But... You know, we got the Georgia Guidestones that said, well, we only want 500 million in perpetual balance with nature and whatnot. So evidently things have changed or whatnot. But nonetheless, uh, when we look at this, it's all about depopulation. So even what's going on in Israel right now is about depopulation. And the Palestinians apparently are undesirable people, so we got to get rid of them. And apparently, eventually, will be undesirable people, and they'll get rid of us as well. The, the whole thing is about the 2030 agenda. And if they do not accomplish their goals by 2030, they're going to they're just, just, well, okay, with well, 2034. No, it's 2036 agenda. No, it's 2040 agenda. Whatever. They're going to accomplish what they want to accomplish. And I don't believe this is the first time they've ever killed everybody off and started again, whoever they are. And we don't even know who they are. Are they the Jews? Are they just the Jews? Or is there something else above that? We we really don't know that. But in, in, the consequence is, is that we have to decide one way or another how we're going to deal with this. You know, and I'm, I'm just not a guy who wants to sit by my side and, and wait and see what's going to happen. I want to do something about it. But unfortunately for me, I don't have no idea what to do about it. David, uh, your feedback, sir. A fantastic call, uh, Andy. You brought up so many g great points. And, um, yeah, the fact that all these countries went along with this willingly, um, both adversaries and so-called allies, part of that is because every country that has a loan with the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, or the World Bank, is actually written into the documents of the loan, of, of the debt, that if you don't comply with all health protocols put forward by the WHO, you, you are in violation of your loan. So that's one reason why they did this. They've got these strings, these invisible strings in all these countries. But I think you brought up a, a greater point, which is that uh, nothing is as it appears. Uh, we already have global governance right now. They just haven't told us yet. I really do believe that. A lot of these countries that are supposedly our adversaries, they're really not. It's just part of the of the show we're being, uh, you know, made to live through. And lastly, I would just say that I, I think you made up a, another great point. Like, who is they? Well, certainly the Jews are the boots on the ground. There's no question about that. But I've said this on my show numerous times. I believe that there is a group or a um, network of people who actually are above that uh and i'm not entirely convinced that these people uh, share the same genetics that the rest of uh humanity does i think they actually have a different set of genetics they're actually different uh a different being even though they look human just like us and i just wanted to mention something andy reminded me um i wanted to add in the show tonight and i forgot i was thinking earlier today about how you know, we have to remember that uh, the people, at least we are aware of, as Andy references and you, David, as well, who are the so-called uh, elites of finance and power, 
they are a, a very uh, esoteric bunch. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, well, a cryptic um, mysticism and in a fascination with occult practices in, in what they do. Uh, a lot of it is just in a, in a you know scientific method experimental basis. Uh, quite frankly, though, I would suggest. But nonetheless, they they engage in such, and you know perhaps a few among us are are of that mi- potential mindset as well. You know more spiritually enlightened and uh, you know tuned in uh, to the esoteric well, and metaphysical. But I mean most people are not, of course. I mean even I, I, I mean twenty fifty is a, is a landmark year for them. More than 2030, uh, you know, with their agendas, and because it's in two ways, numerologically, it it, it uh, has a completion. I mean, in in the Roman numeral system, you know, it's it's in a group of ten, but also fifty, you know, five groups of ten, as most people would recognize. But also the two and five reduces, uh, well, two, two and five uh, becomes seven, uh, and that would be a number of completion. It's a very powerful number. You know, I mean, three, seven, uh, perhaps nine to some extent, you know, are very powerful numbers uh, in numerology. And, uh, you know, they like that. Yeah. So 2050, they would like yeah. to have something big happen then because of how it represents well, seven, quite frankly, as another yeah, factor well, that's observing. Go ahead. It could be, but but uh, I would just say this, as far as the esoteric goes, they are practicing what I would call the religion of the ancients. They are practicing... A, a continuous religion that's go, that goes back thousands of years, uh, and that's the religion they practice. I mean, it includes human sacrifice and all kinds of weird uh, child-involving uh, rituals. Uh, this is all part of their religion that goes back uninterrupted thousands of years. Andy? Well, no, hey, you know, Scorpio brought up the International Monetary Fund, and I think that's a fundamental thing there. And I think that's where how we got to this position here, because look at everything that's been going on. We went around and destroyed all these countries, and other countries have destroyed other countries and stuff. And where's the International Monetary Fund at? They're right there to say, hey, look, we'll rebuild your country, but you're enslaved to us until you pay us back. And whatnot. I think that might be one of the elements that they used to get them to go along with this COVID thing because this all happened way back in the early 2000s and stuff with a bunch of these countries. And I think that has a lot to do with all the countries that uh, bomb, bomb, bomb Obama did. You know, he, he was, I mean... You know, he got a, a peace prize and whatnot, yet he was destroying countries left and right, and the monetary fund was right there to, to build them back up. And so what we did is we went around, or no, we, I, I use we shortly there, um, we didn't do anything. Our government went around and conquered the world with this you know, this little scenario and whatnot. But again, it's back to depopulation. If people would just get the notion in their mind that they want to depopulate us, that's one thing that we could possibly do if we could just get people to understand that these people want you dead. And then that would, that might get some people off their chairs. What? They want me dead? Well, I love my life. And everybody does love their life. Whatever they got going on, they do love their life. But 
People want you dead. They simply just don't want you around. Even some of these millionaires and stuff, they don't want you around because you're insignificant, just like the people who have no money. They don't care about anybody except for themselves and their agenda, and it's about depopulation. And I don't think this is the first time they've done it. Okay, well, no, uh, all great comments, Andy. And uh, yeah, look forward to your next call, sir. Thank you. All right, well, let's go. Thank you for letting me on. Absolutely. And let's go to Art in Georgia. Art, welcome. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, you got my skin crawling, bro. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> before I get to what I called in about, you meant I want to get uh, just touch on the soy issue. Uh, you mentioned soy earlier. There was a uh, study done in 2005 that found ingesting, and this was done with just men because they wanted to find out the effects, ingesting soy protein for, for 60 days resulted in a decrease, a measurable decrease of testosterone in the male body. However, Unfermented soy is what we're talking about. Fermented soy is okay for men to, ta- to, to ingest, like soy sauce, for example, is okay because it's fermented. Um, so you don't have to worry about it. But straight, just like tofu and other soy products, they produce what they, they're high in what's called photoestrogens. And these are substances that are found in the plant that work like estrogen. And if you inject estrogen into the male body, it kills testosterone. This is why men that are going through the change, if you, to put it politely, take these estrogen shots because it decreases the testosterone. So, you men out there, you need to be thinking about this. If you don't know this, you need to be thinking about this. I will eat soy sauce, but it's the only soy product that I will ingest because soy sauce is fermented, and fermented soy products are safe for men. Now, what I called about. You were talking about the book by Charles uh, by Klaus Schwab. Now, I dropped a link. There's a chat room. Um, it's uh, beyondton.chattango.com. And I dropped a link in there to archive.org, which will take you to the book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, by Klaus Schwab. Now, as you were talking about what's in this book, my skin was starting to crawl. When I was in school, there were two books, or three books, I should say, three books that were required reading for us in high school when we were taking literature. That was Orwell's 1984 and Animal Farm, but also Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. And as you were talking about these things that were found in Klaus Schwab's book, COVID-19 and Great Reset, 
all I could think about was Aldous Huxley's Brave New World because everybody wore these uniforms and there were classes. You couldn't mix outside of your class. It was dictated to you what you eat. Uh, did we lose Art? Uh, David, are you still hearing me? Okay, we yeah, we, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you. Uh, well, if Art, if you could call back in, uh, we, we really liked everything you were saying. And David, would you like to respond, please? Well, yeah, sure. You know, uh, yeah, I agree about all the stuff about soy. I, I think it's good to avoid it in general, personally, and avoid processed foods. You know, and I think we're surrounded by toxic poison food, toxic air, toxic everything. So the the more simple you can keep your diet, the better. Yes, and um, no, I mean, I was appreciating his commentary on the rest and these uh, elite agendas of these writings. So, yeah, now we'll see. Maybe we'll get him back. But let's go to Mike in Kentucky. Mike, hey, welcome. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I could tie a few topics together. There's this radical guy, uh, Graham uh, Hancock, who speak, uh, speaks and shows a lot of neat stuff that I've been collecting clues on for probably 20-some years. But uh, one word to, if you're really worried about soy and the genetically modified stuff, they found that the half-life for glyphosate, instead of being 30 days on the field, it's more like 90 days. So they've hybridized the corn and the soy to be to produce like 74 days or even shorter. You get your, you know, you get your corn crop or your soy crop in, and, and uh, that still has residues of uh, glyphosate in there. So I don't want to strain it a gnat over whether or not phytoestrogens have any effect on people. But y'all old enough to remember Primarin, the pill. I think even, uh, what's her name from Kentucky, wrote a song about it, uh, the pill, when it came out. And that stands for pregnant mare's urine. If you're worried about hormones affecting your body, you need to look more into the animal realm than the plant hormones. But uh, glyphosate... Well, here, here. Well, here, Mike, uh, could you stay on the line and wait in the wings here, sir? Uh, we managed to sure. reconnect with Art. We managed to reconnect with Art in Georgia, and he was like mid-sentence Great. there when he got cut off. Art, uh, yeah, you're, you're back, sir. Uh, if you'd like to continue your thoughts. Hello. Yeah, no, just hold on. Hold on, Mike. Uh, can we bring on Art as well? Art, are you back? Art in Georgia? Going once. Okay. Uh, maybe uh, maybe we didn't quite have him back. The there, there you are. There you are. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting on uh, the phone to beep. I was, I was like, because there's always this beep before you come on. Anyway, as I was saying, you know, uh, in, in the book, for people who have never read the book, um, they actually, you know, you wear a certain uniform, you're, everybody's dictated into a class and you can't, you can't intermingle outside of your class or your status or whatever you want to call it. And they, they, they 
They, you know, they tell you what time to eat, tell you when to sleep. Um, they tell you who you can breed with, if you're allowed to breed. Um, everybody's on drugs. Everybody's on some kind of medication. Um, and as you so were much. talking about the book by Klaus Schwab, all I could think about was all this Huxley's brave new world. It was just, you know, this is, this is, it's, it's, it's like they're taking the playbook directly out of Aldous Huxley's story there. Julian, his brother, was uh, big, hooked in with the elite of England, as I understand it. Interesting. Ju- yeah. Julian Huxley? That's Aldous Huxley's brother. Mm-hmm. He oh, was okay. hooked in. He was up. He was uh, rubbing shoulders with the elite of uh, Great Britain. From what I've read, yep. uh, you know, as time goes by and we see things unfolding as they are, I'm thoroughly convinced that 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 they're literally taking. You know, it, it, is it possible that when Aldous Huxley and uh, George Orwell were writing their books, is it possible that they knew future plans or? Because I don't believe in coincidence, and and this is just too much of a coincidence when we start seeing books like this COVID nineteen and the Great Reset, sounding almost like all the you know, it's sounding almost like the this this so called fictional book that we were. Well, man, why were we required to read this in high school? Is another question. Why would you require that kind of reading if it's only fiction? Well, you know, it's not required anymore. Uh, These days, they no longer want people to read uh, Brave New World or 1984, uh, you know, because they'll recognize the patterns perhaps in the current era. Uh, So, I mean, I don't know. That seems to have shifted. You know, uh, books like that are certainly off. David, do you want to make a comment? Well, obviously, those books were supposed to serve as a warning. And... um, there's been some speculation that George Orwell had friends that were, were feeding him information, just like uh, Julian uh, Huxley was feeding his brother. I agree with that. And, of course, you know, uh, Orwell's real name was Eric Blair, and he was Jew-wise. He knew about the Jewish aspect of this whole conspiracy because after he died, his letters were all gone through. There's quite a bit of references to it. Uh, but he didn't talk about it publicly for a variety of reasons. So I, f- I found that to be interesting. There's okay. a book by a guy who was self-exiled from Russia into the Paris elite, and uh, whatever residue of Illuminati might have been there. His name is Yevgeny Zemyatin, and I believe Blair and uh, Huxley and even uh, whoever wrote THX 1138, they all borrowed heavily from Yevgeny Zemyatin's We. It's a small book. Anybody should read it. Everybody was a number, didn't have any families or names. And I, th- I forget when it was written, uh, around 1915 or something, but he was he, he hmm. was uh, okay. self-exiled out of Russia. just called We. I always thought it was a pun for us, as in U.S. But All right. All right. Well, very good. Well, listen, gentlemen, uh, I look forward to your calls again soon uh, uh, Art and Mike uh, let's see if we could fit in uh, we have Tom in Florida uh, Tom uh, we have a couple minutes left uh, what would you like to add today sir yeah hey Richard uh, I, I just want to put in a little bit of good news I hear uh, first off um, yeah I, I heard they're going to take another vote on this my orc that's my, my caca uh, and, and you know they wheeled that black guy in there with, on a wheelchair uh, this guy Green Al Green 
this guy, they wheeled this guy in there at the last minute to get this vote where they had the one extra vote, so the one guy. But now they're going to bring Steve Scalise, who's uh, got cancer, and he's in the hospital. I guess they're going to wheel him in next week. I don't care if he's on a stretcher. They're going to wheel him into the Capitol so he can vote on this, uh, impeach this guy. And the reason this is very important, Richard, for everybody in your audience, is this is going to generate, if they impeach this Mayorkas, it's going to go to the Senate where it'll be shot down. But, however, there's going to be over $300 million worth of, uh, of uh, time that the, the public's going to see. Even these communist news networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC, they're all going to have to air this hearing that's going to cost in the hundreds of millions of dollars and the American public's really going to get a wake-up call about how we've been invaded in the conquest of these illegal aliens. Now, you, have you heard the story about, and I want to go back to Chicago in a minute, Richard, but have you heard about the Jewish guy, the Jew in New York on uh, Long Island where he's, uh, the uh, Palestinian ran up to his yard, uh, his door, and took the, uh, the Israeli flag and ran away with it, and the Jew no. just happened to run out the door and chase him down, and they got a fight okay. and, the, and the Palestinian beat his butt? You hear about that? <laughs> I did not. You need to watch the video. Every one of your audience, everyone in the uh, listening, we're watch almost that out video of time. Tonight. Got like one minute left, yeah. Tom. You want to get to another topic? You said, yeah. Another topic is Chicago, Richard. They're looking at a shortfall of four hundred million dollars this year. Uh, uh, this year coming up because of all these illegal aliens, four hundred million dollars, and they're giving all these illegals three hundred fifty dollars worth of food stamps every month. The American public don't. The American Citizens, the blacks don't even get that. They get 291. So they're going crazy in Chicago, the blacks. They're going insane. There's going to be a rioting in Chicago. Watch, Richard. It ain't going to be uh, about uh, 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 Black Lives Matter. It's going to be more about the illegal invasion. You're going to see all kinds of hell breaking loose here in the next summer. Watch what I tell you. Watch the, watch the summer coming up, all the hell breaking loose with all these illegals and all the crimes and every other damn thing. But, yeah, they're yeah, going to no, take another vote on this. They're going to take another vote on this, uh, uh, my orcas. So that's good news. Thank you for taking the call. All right. Thank you for the call. And yeah, you could be right on that. Um, they still uh, won't have uh, their anti-white rhetoric uh, lost. But yeah, I know there could be an anti-immigrant wave in blue cities by some of these minorities. Well, David, pleasure as always, sir. Look forward to your show this Sunday, uh, 4 Central. Oh, uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to be playing a clip of uh, Mayorkas. It's pretty funny. I think the Republicans are going to screw that up again. Uh, that's my uh, take on that. So thanks for listening. Thanks for having me on. Indeed. Thanks for listening, folks. Transcend the construct. Regards. Hey there. Are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-in lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-in lift? Our Ease-Off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the Ease-Off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my Ease-Off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. Only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 